re-entry to the father's house. Can you remember a moment when you are rejected by someone you really trusted? Imagine a re-entry from a distant country to your home country where you are denied access. Today's readings announce the good news of acceptance where all, irrespective of their dispositions, are eligible to a warm re-entry. During this Lenten period, eligibility to God's mercy is more emphasized as the church draws its faithful to the penitential nature of the season and to the sacrament of reconciliation. It is a decisive moment to review our conscience and return to God. The three readings outline the structure of re-entry from sin to grace, from death to life, from being lost to being found, and from indignity to dignity. The first reading elaborates how God eventually led the Israelites safely to their cherished ancestral land in Canaan. It was a re-entry from slavery and indignity in Egypt to freedom, a significant era of their history after years of slavery. Those who arrived celebrated the re-entry to the promised land. Similarly, in today's gospel, Jesus responds to the Pharisees and scribes' question about eating and welcoming sinners by, by narrating a parable of different re-entry of two sons. The younger son asks for inheritance from his father. The father respects his freedom. He then, with his inheritance, travels to a far distant country where he squanders it all in selfish lifestyle. He begins to suffer. In the middle of his suffering, he re-enters his inner moral life. He is conscience-stricken. He recalls how his father treats his servants with dignity. And he decides to return home, knowing very well he has lost his sonship, his inheritance, and his dignity as part of the family. He is hoping to be accepted as an outsider, a mere servant. Meanwhile, the father keeps watching and waiting for the return of his wayward son. The father sees him from afar and is filled with compassion. He runs to embrace him with open hands. He makes a banquet in his honor. The elder son, unaware of his father's depth of compassionate mercy, sees this and is indignant, saying, I've been faithful all these years. You have not thrown a party in my honor. He seemed to have a very calm spirit before the brother's arrival. However, the African proverb puts it very clearly. Calm water does not mean there are no crocodiles. At the same time, wise people avow that falls are like a hill. You stand on top of your own and talk about those of other people. The elder brother wants retributive justice. He wants to see some kind of punishment applied on his brother. However, the father's justice is different because it is based on mercy, love, and forgiveness. The father intervenes by reawakening the conscience of the elder brother from selfish spirit to the marvels of a sincere entry of his lost brother who has returned, a dead brother who is alive, a repentant brother who needs love and mercy. Pope Francis' encyclical Fratelli Tutti exhausts us to this kind of reawakening to spiritual brotherliness, to spiritual sisterliness, to the sense of a reconciled family of God. In this sense, God the Father draws the elder son's attention to true repentance and reconciliation, where the old passes away and we are recreated anew. And so 
the two brothers re-enter themselves. Analogously, the second reading confirms and reiterates that in Christ, the old efficaciously passes away. We become a new creation in God. Jesus gives us the sacrament of reconciliation and ascertains its importance on our heavenly journey. He invites us all to be ambassadors, to extend the love, mercy, and forgiveness to others. Just like fire purifies gold, reconciliation becomes the fire that purifies the Christian heart. Because in reconciliation, the confession of sin becomes the catalyst for grace, as John 1, 8, 9 acknowledges. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. Consequently, re-entry without repentance is not a spiritual restoration. The acknowledgement of sin allows for a renewed change of the soul where good triumphs over evil. The change that allows grace to transform the spirit. The conversion experience becomes a divine incarnation where we are invited to intimate communion with God and with one another. The Father calls out, return to me and I will return to you, Zechariah 1.3. Then I will restore you, Jeremiah 15, 19. It is a continuous call and a continuous re-entry into our heart that guarantees our constant reincarnation. The question remains, which character in this parable will you most identify with at this time? Whatever the character, learn to re-enter your inner moral conscience during this season of land, so that we may join in the celebration of good over evil. And that is the Easter festivity. The good news remains that we are all eligible for God's mercy, forgiveness, and transformative restoration if we repent. Thank you.